Welcome back to the good news. The, the God Squad, the good news gals are all still here. We've got uh, Cindy and we've got Jennifer and Donna and Beatrice. And joining us is a fellow, a colleague here at uh, KLZ AM 560 and KLTT, uh, basically Crawford Broadcasting, Dr. Peggy Mitchell. She's a clinical psychologist, mental health consult- consultant, and retired psychology professor. And also, uh, she's the author of the book, Do Something Different for a Change, an insider's guide to what your therapist knows but may not tell you. And our favorite, Doggy Tales, Lessons on Life, <laughs> Love, and Loss, I Learned from My Dog. We're all big dog lovers Yay. here. So welcome, <laughs> Dr. Peggy welcome. Mitchell-Clark. Thanks so much, ladies. It's a pleasure to be on the show. All right. So if you had a minute to kind of uh, introduce yourself, uh, go ahead and give us your one-minute elevator speech about who you are and, you know, what you want to teach people. Okay. Well, I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a clinical psychologist, and I love to provide practical information and inspiration to help people live well and stay safe. All right. Now, on your show on KLZ, talk about some of your favorite topics that you talk about. Yeah, so I have, have a show called Living Well with Dr. Pegg, and I share effective psychological strategies based on biblical principles for living well and staying safe. So we talk a lot about mental health and wellness, safety, violence prevention, physical fitness, financial wellness, relationship enhancement, uh, conflict resolution, family dynamics, step families, uh, just a wide range of topics. I've had some wonderful guests over the years, and um, just a, a pleasure and a blessing to be with Crawford Broadcasting again. I was on KLDC when I first started my radio show, and I'm just pleased to be back at Crawford again on KLD. Okay, that covers a wide range of like being a healthy human and a healthy mm-hmm. Christian. So I'm going to let the ladies ask some questions in a minute here, but I want to know, like we all have a passion, like if I went around the table, or if you ask me, like I have a passion for non-Christians who've never had the blessing of being walked through church doors, hopefully hear the good news, or Daybreak USA, and they hear um, a message of hope, and they go, wow, maybe these Christians aren't so wacky. Like I want them just to see that we're just like everybody else, and that there's more light in the world than darkness, and I want to give people hope, since I found hope as a young person in the midst of a pretty dark childhood that I really felt um, that, you know, the Lord gave me that foundation to really pull me out of that darkness. And so what's your passion? What do you want people? Like, why do you do what you do? Well, I'm, I'm similar to you. I'm trying to bring a gospel message of change to folks who may never step foot in a church. And many years ago, the Lord showed me that His Word works and is effective for believers and unbelievers alike. And when I first got saved, I wasn't interested, before I first got saved, I wasn't interested in hearing people preach to me about God and coming to church. But most people are very interested in learning more about mental health and wellness. And so with my expertise in psychology, I can bring biblical principles that are effective to help people experience lasting change and transformation in their lives. And the Lord showed me that all good psychology is really God's psychology. It works, and it's what we call evidence-based, because it's based in the Word. And that's why it brings change and transformation. Uh, Secular psychologists may think that it's their powerful techniques, but it's really God's Word and God's principles that's that's, uh, providing the, the opportunity for folks to change. So I'm really passionate about reaching people who wouldn't otherwise hear the gospel 
but um, might shut their ears, even like I did before I got saved, to a, to a, a, a direct message about Christ. So if I can bring these biblical principles uh, to them um, in the in kind of in the in the realm of psychology, um, people are being washed in the Word, whether they realize it or not. So I'm really passionate about speaking to all audiences, um, talking about psychology and wellness, but knowing that it's rooted in biblical principles. Well, I, I love really what you said. Exciting. That I love what you said about how uh, people aren't necessarily receptive to hearing about Jesus and God, but they're more open mm-hmm. to all of these, uh, to chatting about all of these things that better their lives. Jennifer Bishop, much like you, very inspirational person. Uh, she uh, coaches people and uh, has been in my life for about 20 years now, wants to ask you something. So Dr. Peggy, um, thank you for being on. And I, I, I love the field of psychology and I'm always amazed how people get into it and why my question for you is I know you can't divulge it like personal information but what has been your biggest story of transformation that you've seen in your practice right without names but maybe somebody that really has touched your heart where you're going wow this is why I do what I do yeah well I was a um, a therapist in outpatient mental health community uh, outpatient community mental health centers for many years And in that environment, we had folks with severe chronic mental illness. And not just that, but they also had psychosocial barriers. They might have been homeless. They may have had no transportation. They may have, you know, used their last dollar to ride the bus to come to the session and didn't know how they were going to get back home or even what they were going to eat and feed their families. They may have been in environments where they were experiencing um, gang violence right outside of their window. I had a family that used to sleep on the floor at night because they were afraid of stray bullets coming through the window while they slept and and harming or killing them. And so um, to be able to help folks in uh, in, in those circumstances who are chronically mentally ill, may have schizophrenia, Mm. um, and they're struggling in every aspect of life, but to be able to bring some, some structure and some peace in their lives, they may never be healed from schizophrenia, but they might be able to function. Um, More recently in, in my practice, I've been trained and certified in something called Transformation Prayer Ministry, or TPM. Some of the listeners may have heard of that. Let me tell you something. Beatrice Bruno's ears are perking up because she is the prayer warrior of our team. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Something called Transformation Prayer Ministry, and it's a way of facilitating um, the power of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. to help people experience truth where they've been believing lies and they've been wounded. And we uh, we bring... um, uh, truth to them by just asking them, to, asking the Lord to show them what's true about mm-hmm. what they're believing about their circumstances. And I've had huge breakthroughs with folks in one session using that particular tool. And so um, I, I've just had so many um, individuals who've been wounded and in bondage most of their lives who, when you see them set free by the power of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. it's, it's awe-inspiring. That's good. And, and Dr. Peggy, thank you again so much for coming on the show today. Um, prayer is is the foundation of everything that we go through. And mm-hmm. as you minister to your people that come to you, your clients, um, I'm sure that as you build that prayer foundation with them, that they are able to see different sides of their of whatever uh, mental or emotional hangups that they've had so that they can go forth and do the things that God has actually created them mm-hmm. to do. Um, how much do you deal with military personnel, veterans and, and what have you? 
Mm-hmm. I've had um, veterans over the years, and when I was first um, in graduate school and doing my um, pre-doctoral um, internship, um, I was um, uh, I did a rotation in the VA hospital mm-hmm. in Memphis, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and so worked with veterans in that environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so over the years, mm-hmm. I've I've had clients here and there who were military veterans and combat veterans, and we know that um, combat veterans. Um, have a high rate of uh, depression, yes. uh, suicidal uh, thoughts, and post-traumatic stress disorder. And thankfully, the military is changing their the culture around um, the stigma attached to mental illness Amen. in our vets, and they're getting them um, more and more the help that they really need and certainly deserve after serving our country. Amen. Oh, mm. man. You know, when you, uh, Donna and I have siblings with schizophrenia, and Beatrice, mm. who is my prayer warrior, I have to tell you, I'm going to start crying when I tell you about this. Okay, so one of my brothers was murdered. He also suffered from mental illness. And um, when I got the call that he'd been stabbed to death and dragged outside the apartment and left to die in front of his apartment building across the street mm. from the University of Colorado, where I went to school and have had much success because of my faith and my education, when my little brother calls me, I feel so powerless. And when he, like the other night, he called me at 4 a.m. and I picked up because I, you know, I'm used to getting up at three o'clock in the morning. And it was a weekend night, and he said, "I didn't think you picked up would pick up, but I'm hearing the voices, and I just wanted to leave you a message because, you know, I'm one of the few people that he knows loves him because, you know, they Thank lose you. people, as you know, in their lives because they're so difficult to love because schizophrenics um, are difficult. And, you know, when you have cancer, everybody brings you cookies or a package to mm-hmm. your room. But when you're schizophrenic, they just start distancing themselves because you're crazy and they don't know how to handle you and they think something's wrong mm-hmm. with you. So sometimes when he calls and he hears voices, you know, I send him a, a new Bible. And the Bible I send him is one that's super easy to read that I really like. And I found out about it from the group U2 because Bono had said that he loved this um, Bible called The Message. And this pastor or this man, this author, he spent 10 years writing this uh, Bible, The Message. And he doesn't mean for it to be used as necessarily the main Bible in your life or for a church to use it. But he wrote it so that people that have difficulty understanding parts of the scripture, which many of us do, would have an easier time understanding it initially. And so I sent him that. And by the way, that the author, he said he didn't know who Bono was or U2. He's like, who's U2? Who's Bono. Now, of course, he's real flattered that Bono recommends And he wrote it towards teens, so teens could really understand. And my brother loves it. And my brother says when he reads the message, or when he reads the Bible, that the the voices can stop. Yeah. Um, So anyway, I called Beatrice one night because I just didn't know what to do when he said the voices say that they're going to kill me or and then make it look like I committed suicide. And, you know, you're the, I'm one of the few people in the family that answers his call. And, mm. and I just, and I get so angry at like my parents sometimes too. It's like, for goodness sakes, he's sick. Like pick up the stinking phone. But I think for my dad, mm-hmm. it's too much to handle. And my mom's mm-hmm. just a victim and doesn't want to deal with it. So I pick up the phone mm. and my brother won't take his calls and my other brother's dead. So there you go. That's what he's got. Mm. And his son, he didn't raise him. Like I'm, I'm in his son's life, but he never was. So his son just tells people he's dead. My dad wow. is dead because his wow. dad abandoned him as, as far as he's concerned. So with that said, yeah. I called Beatrice because I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help him. Yeah. I don't know. When someone tells you they're hearing voices, like, I'm so sad for him and my heart just cracked for him. We're the closest siblings in age and we grew up in really difficult circumstances. He was given pot when he was six years old. I don't feel he was ever yeah. given a chance. And so I feel yeah. like, you know, 
here's this kid that was so broken, and now he's an adult, and he's been homeless so many years. Now he's, he's, he's actually in a $150 a month mental health apartment that he's had for three years. So this is huge, but he's been homeless. So, Beatrice, when I called you, I mean, it's scary, isn't it? Oh, it is, absolutely, because you don't know the voices, what the voices are actually telling And he's telling babbling. Him. Yes, he is babbling. Yep. But, you know, as the, the prayer comes down, um, Dr. Pegg, you know, when the prayers come down, it has to stop something in the atmosphere around Got that person. Mm-hmm. And, and when well, we start praying around him, that atmosphere just changes. And he knows that, right. wait a minute, but you wait guys a minute, somebody still have showed that up. Hope. And like, when, when I pray for him, him, when I pray for him, yeah. my prayer is dead. And I know that because I prayed for him for so many years and with him, I feel so helpless and I don't pray like Beatrice does for him. I'll be like, dear yeah. Lord, let my me, brother's me, calling again and he's hearing this. voices. We, we have to pray in our authority. We have to yes. pray believing already by his stripes, your That's brother right. is healed. And That's we right. come against those evil spirits that are attacking him, influencing him. Mm-hmm. We bind them up, we cast them out, and we, we release the mind of Christ over your brother even now in jesus name so you have to pray believing the prayers i know i know i do man and woman have much power and if any of us is sick we come to the elders and and they offer that prayer up in faith and that's why uh, i call beatrice in faith agree now where you may not have the faith you know or you may just be so beaten down and so close to the situation it's it's hard you know, it's, you're brokenhearted for your brother. Yeah, you just, like you said, he may not yeah. ever be well or completely, but you want to give him some hope. I mean, the other day I sent him just a funny pair of socks with Jesus on him because I, I wanted him to look down at his feet and see Jesus. And, you know, Donna, mm-hmm. your sister is schizophrenic as well, yes. and uh, you wanted to comment. Yes, Dr. Peggy. So I've got a schizophrenic sister who is 42 years old, always lived in the home, and on top of that, a very controlling mother who has beat her down from the time she was a little girl. So she has no self-worth whatsoever so same Mm -hmm. thing like you Angie I'm her daily prayer call like we pray together ever since she got out of the mental hospital three years ago I'm her daily prayer call and I tell her all the true things about her but I'd like to know a little bit more about um, speaking the power of the Holy Spirit um, and his truth over Tiffany and how what that looks like so I can really implement that and make some change in her life well first thing First thing I would recommend is to change your language. To you wouldn't say um, my sister or my brother is a canceric, right? Right. You would say my brother has cancer. Okay. And so I would even take it a step further uh, to say my brother is well. My my sister is well. Okay. They have the mind of Christ. They're being oh, I like that tormented yes. by a spirit of cancer. But I wouldn't claim that for them that they oh, they I are like schizophrenic. Yeah, you know, they I've never are, actually told my brother that I believe he's schizophrenic. That's interesting you say that, because I've never mm-hmm. told him that I think that. Okay, continue on, Doctor. But you're, you called him schizophrenic just now. You That's just correct. called him to me as schizophrenic. And so we have to be careful of our language, not to mention just, you know, the stigma that's attached to mental illness when we're not careful about our right. language. But they are, they are individuals who are oppressed by a spirit of a demonic spirit, you know, coming against them, attacking their mind, their emotions. And um, what you said about your brother hearing voices, they call those command hallucinations. And very often people with schizophrenia are laboring under this attack to jump out a window, go ahead and kill yourself, do this, do that. And so um, I've I've never um, heard from a person with schizophrenia who said the voices are trying to make it look like suicide. Um, So when we see this high rate of suicide among folks with uh, schizophrenia, 
uh, that makes sense to me now. So I appreciate um, that perspective. But you really want to say, you know, this is a child of God who is demonically oppressed. There could be a generational curse that you that must be broken, that you can bro- break it on their behalf as their siblings. And we, we can pray right now in Jesus' name that we, we um, break this generational curse, that they are in the bloodline of Jesus Christ, their DNA is grafted into the bloodline of Jesus Christ. They have the mind of Christ, and we pray that in faith. Um, uh, we can encourage them when they call and they're crying out or, you know, speaking unintelligibly. You can pray in the Spirit um, when you don't know what to say. Um, but it, do, it, it will require your commitment and dedication, which it sounds like you already have as daily prayer partners and the, the only people who will answer their calls. You already have been elected as, you know, um, when Jesus um, went to the tomb, he didn't go into the cave where Lazarus' dead body, rotting flesh, and, you know, probably rats and flies and whatever goes on dead flesh. He didn't go in there. He called Lazarus out. So you call your brother and sister out of the darkness and out of that demonic oppression, and you break those generational curses. Well, you sure give us hope, and that's what you want to do. You've got a message of hope, much like myself. Tell people, uh, Doctor, where they can find your show. They can listen on Thursdays from 1 to 2 Mountain live on KLZ 560 AM, and they can stream online uh, from their smartphones or from the the Internet at drpegradio.com, D-R-P-E-G-radio.com, and I have all my program archives as well. Yeah, I noticed that on your website. All of the uh, podcasts are there, uh, drpegradio.com. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Dr. Donna. Tell everyone about your women's retreat again, where I'll yes. be speaking as well. Overwhelmed, November 4th, Angie's speaking. And check us out on Overwhelmed Conference at Facebook. Excellent. If you ever have any questions about the show, about my guests, uh, just shoot me an email, angieaustinnews at gmail.com. Love you, ladies. Love, Love you. you. Love you.